Hi, this is Rhonda Johnson. Welcome to Life of Love Ministries podcast. Today we're going to talk about God's redeeming love. God does not define us by our failures or by our past or our past mistakes. He doesn't look at us and say, oh, she's a liar or he's a philanderer or a adulterer. He looks at us if we've asked for forgiveness of our sins and he sees the blood of Jesus and he sees his children. The Lord can redeem our failures and actually make those things that we think would cause us to be useless to God. And it's those very things that qualify us to be used by God. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I think it's so important for us to remember that this wilderness, it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wilderness and the wasteland here are worlds where we have just devastated things around us. We've devastated our chances. We've devastated our opportunities. But God makes a way for us where it seems like there is no possible way. And we just need to remember the scripture that says all things are possible with God. And that's what this scripture, I believe, is saying in Isaiah is that you may have made a mess of things, but God is going to make he's going to make streams in the wasteland and he's making a way in the wilderness. Abraham is known as the father of faith, yet he lacked faith and was afraid and lied and said that Sarah was his sister instead of saying she was his wife. Moses lost his temper with an Egyptian man and murdered him. And Jonah didn't just run from his assignment. Jonah hated the Ninevites so much he didn't want to preach the gospel to them because he didn't want them to give their hearts to God. He didn't want them to believe in God. That is serious hatred. Rahab worked as a prostitute and David, we all know, committed adultery and then had the husband of his uh, lover killed. All of these were failures and yet they're listed in Hebrews in the Hall of Fame because they were great people for God. Their failures didn't define them. I feel a little bit guilty even pointing out their failures right now because Abraham is known as the father of faith. Moses is known as the great leader that brought God's children. He's actually known as a type of Jesus. Jonah is known as a wonderful evangelist. Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. And King David, of course, my first thought about King David is the most amazing, beautiful heart for worship of anyone that I've ever known. Psalms 51, 10 through 11 is the account of David asking the Lord for forgiveness and him repenting before the Lord over his great sin with Bathsheba and having her husband Uriah killed. And the scripture says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
And then this is verse 11 is so important. It says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. I want to point out something that I heard recently, and that is when David said, do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. There is no way that God would ever cast us out of his presence if we have a repentant heart. And he would never take his Holy Spirit away from someone who is asking for forgiveness. And yet David was just, I think, thinking of how unworthy he was. And that he couldn't blame God if he cast him out of his presence. And he couldn't blame him if he took the Holy Spirit away from him because he had sinned so greatly. And so these words are not to make us afraid that maybe if we behave like King David, God would cast us away or take his spirit from us. But it's just to show the level of complete surrender to God that David was giving his heart to the Lord and asking him to renew a right spirit in him, forgive him for his sins. And then verse 11 says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. When we have sinned and we repent before the Lord, we are the most qualified because we have received God's amazing grace at that point. A repentant heart is ready to do things for God and ready to act, ready to minister, ready to be used by God. And it's so important for us, those of us in the church and the body of Christ, to realize that it isn't our place to punish. It isn't our place to withhold the ministry. The ministry belongs to the Lord, whether it's teaching a children's Sunday school class or preaching in the pulpit or some other type of ministry. When God's children have suffered a failure, it is really important for us to love them, for us to be gentle, for us to be restorative. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves, or you may also be tempted. So this tells us how to handle someone who's fallen away in a great sin. And it says those who are spiritual will restore. And restore might be spending a lot of time talking, counseling, and helping that person to come back to the Lord and to know that their life is fully dedicated to the Lord. But I think it's so important here because we can measure our spiritual maturity by how willing we are to help someone who has come out of a fall, someone who has recovered from wrongdoing. If we want to put them away and not allow them to ever, you know, partake in ministry in the church, you know, whether it's singing in the choir or, like I said before, helping with vacation Bible school or bus ministry, um, if we're wanting to limit them as a punishment, then that indicates that we aren't very spiritual because the word tells those who are spiritual to restore someone who's recovering from a fall. Luke twenty-two thirty-one 31 through 32 is an account of Jesus telling Peter 
about his imminent fall. And Jesus says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. That's the, um, the New Living Translation. Jesus is telling the disciples that they're all going to be sifted. They're all going to be tempted. But then he turns to Simon, Simon Peter, and he speaks to him directly because he's, he knows that when Simon Peter rejects and when Simon Peter denies that he knows the Lord, that fateful night that we've all heard about where Jesus told him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And the Lord knew how devastated Peter would be when that happened. And he tells him here, he says, so when you have repented and turned to me again, when you've come through this and you realize you've done wrong and you've repented, what does he tell him to do? Does he tell him to just hang back and don't get involved in my work for a while because you need to pay a penalty no, he tells him, he gives him an assignment in ministry. He says, strengthen your brothers. So he's giving him a job to do immediately when he has come back to the Lord. I think that's so important for us to remember as children of God, that when people have made a decision to come back to the Lord after walking in darkness, whatever that is, that we be ready with open arms to accept them. If they've come back over and over and over again, I think that we need to be ready to say positive things and welcome them back every single time they make an effort to come back to the Lord. If we get discouraged and say, yeah, I know you're back now, but in just a you know a few weeks, you're going to be right back out there with the world acting like you know those people who don't even know God. If we become discouraged and don't believe in those who are weak and those who struggle, then they really don't have a chance. We really are. We really are their path in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland for them. We become that way back to God for them by our encouragement and the strength that we give to them. When we repent and ask forgiveness, the next step is for God's will to be done, and that is for them to be restored, for those who are lost, those who stumble and who lose their way for a little bit, for them to be restored back to the Lord, back into the family of the Lord. Jesus' blood can cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the word says, all guilt, all shame, all unrighteousness. And it's important for us to remember that we don't get to decide who is too far gone and who is just playing games and coming in and going out and coming in and going out. It's not our decision. That's not our call to make. When someone comes and gives their, hearts to the, their heart to the Lord, it's important for us to just welcome them with open arms and lovingly be ready to restore them gently, just as Galatians 6.1 says. It's so important for us to remember that their failure and our failures are sin and they're all disappointing to the Lord. 
And they all require the same thing, and that is Jesus' blood, our repentant, humble heart, and then for us to just turn from our wicked ways and give our life to the Lord. I want to pray for you uh, before we go today and just ask that the Lord would strengthen you, strengthen you to walk upright before the Lord and to live a righteous and holy life. And then also for you to have a heart to restore those who are fallen and to love those who may be in the wilderness or those who might be in the wasteland right now. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your restoring love and your redeeming love. Thank you, Father, that you take the episodes and the events in our lives that would just do us in and just wipe us off of the path of righteousness, except for your love and except for the blood of Jesus. And you welcome us back and you bring us back into the into the fold as the scripture says that you go and look for the one and bring them back into the fold and father i just pray that you would give us your heart and that when we see someone who has lost their way that our heart would break for them and that we wouldn't be hard on them and that we wouldn't judge them and we wouldn't be catty or flippant about their uh, weakness, but that we it would break our heart for our brothers and sisters and that we would pray for them as you pray for us, Jesus. We ask this in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Life of Love Ministries podcast. I hope that you have a wonderful day.